The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum everyone, welcome back to Sisters Speak. Uh, you're listening to a pre-recorded show with me, Amina, and I'm also here with Khadija, Maisha and Sonia. Um, I believe these pre-recorded shows are going live, well they're they're going to be playing on Saturdays. Um, usually I ask everyone, like all our listeners, to join in the discussion, um, but we can't really do that. But if you do enjoy the show uh, and you still want to give your opinions on anything that we've said, whether you agree or disagree, follow us on Instagram at SistersSpeak and let us know your thoughts. Um, before we get into the show, uh, Khadija, can you tell our listeners what our show is about? Yes, so our show is a platform for women to voice their own opinions on current events and issues and even form discussions on general topics such as religion, culture, politics, social media or even Islamophobia. Please note that all opinions and views are our own and we respect all other opposing and similar views and opinions. Thank you for that, Khadija. Um, also, our main topic for today, uh, we're going to be focusing on how to make the most of Ramadan if you're unable to fast. So this could be for women who've gotten their period in the middle of Ramadan um, or just if you have an illness that stops you from fasting. You know, some people have to take medication during the day. That that means they're exempt. Um, and it's just a topic that I'm very passionate about I'm sure the rest of the girls are too because yeah of course the main thing about Ramadan is fasting but what about those who are unable to fast does that mean they can't enjoy it or make the most of it um which isn't true they can make the most of it we just want to show or speak about how they can um so at the beginning of our show we have a little segment called thought for the week uh, we each share our own little, maybe we have a rant or we have something we want to share with each other, something inspirational, maybe something we've learned recently, literally anything. And it's just a bit of fun. And I hope everyone else enjoys it too. Um, so, Maisha, what's your thought for the week? Um, my thought for the week is, I mean, I would... I w- I was just thinking about it this morning about how we're on the sixth fast today. Well, we're recording on a uh, Sunday and we're six days in, basically six fasts in. And it's just crazy. It's surreal to me how we're basically a, a week into Ramadan. Um, I, I wanted to slow down, but I guess my thought for the week is to try and make the most of it while we have it. Um, and obviously, I can imagine some of us are working, some of us are studying. It might be hard to juggle responsibilities, you know, if you've got children, etc. Um, but it's important to note and keep in mind that any deed is appreciated by um, Allah and obviously the rewards from those are multiplied this month. So try and find time, set aside that time um, to even do the smallest acts of worship um, and make the most of the month because it is flying. I love that. And I, you made me realise that how much has gone by. Um, I didn't even realise it's been six days. Um, but yeah, that's a lovely reminder. Thank you. Um, Sonia what's your thought for the week? Hi so my thought of the week is kind of related to Ramadan as well but if what I was trying to say is if you have du'as that you would like to obviously make du'a this is the month of Ramadan so you know now's the time to obviously do it I was going to say you should try and write them down as well so this could be just so it reminds yourself what you want more than anything or you know yeah what you want to ask for but also it's just like a clear and um, way of doing it so it's like clearer for yourself so you could create like a structure of how you want to ask um but even if you're not a muslim or just in general if it's not a specific dua it's good to write things down that you want and i guess some people you could call it manifesting like if you want to manifest something or you want something to really happen it, it helps to write it down because it's like it's put down there on paper. I know exactly what one, and it's very clear for me. So yeah, that's my thought of the week. That is a really good tip. Um, I used to do that this year. I just was so all over the place. I didn't even have 
I didn't even write a list of things, but that does help. And I think when you put pen to paper, it kind of makes things official in your head. Um, so yeah, I like that one. Thank you, Sonia. Um, Maisha, did you have something to say about that? Yeah, actually, like this week, Oh, since the beginning of Ramadan, I've been trying to be doing. Uh, I've been doing this thing with um, some of my friends, and I've also bought like um, a gratitude journal. But I just ask some of my friends like every day, like, what's the highlight of your day? And it just makes you like, in relation to what Sonia's saying. Obviously, Sonia's talking about things you want, but just thinking about your own blessings, especially during this month. Um, I guess it's another thought of the week for me. But just every day, kind of like maybe sit, um, set aside some time, write down what your your blessings are in that day or what's the thing that put a smile on your face today and I found that days where I thought I was having a bad day there were still so many things to be happy and appreciative about and that kind of turned my day the other way around um so that's what Sunday's thought of the week remind me of oh I love that I think I might start doing that I remember I used to uh, there was one year where I wrote one thing that made me happy every single day and that was really helpful I feel like I should start doing that again because like you said, even though, you, even if you think you've had a bad day, there's still parts of the day where something made you happy or there was something you were grateful for. And it's a really healthy way of going through life. Um, so thanks, Maisha. I think I'm going to start doing that today. Um, so Khadija, what's your thought for the week? So could I firstly start off by saying that I really like um, Sonia Maisha's thought, thought of the week so far? Like it's actually made me kind of reset a bit as well. Um, my thought for the week is actually kind of Ramadan related as well, but I think it's a bit more general. So I've kind of noticed recently that a lot of the times when you just go through life, you're just kind of doing it like you're almost almost like on pilot mode, just like the everyday routine. You're just going through it, just almost like waiting for something that never comes in a way, as depressing as that sounds. But I've realised that and I'm just like, I'm actually not as happy as I thought I would be at this stage in my life or as, I don't know, passionate or motivated. And it's just, when are we going to stop thinking, oh, give it a bit more time, I'll be happy then when I've got this, I don't know, job or promotion or, I don't know, this car, whatever you link it to, right? But it kind of got me thinking that, like, everything you do in your daily life should actually be linked to some intention and to some happiness really or some energy because like you're living life in the present and you don't even know you could literally pass away tomorrow and you really want your last I don't know moments in life to be really like just useless and almost like you didn't really live within your life if that makes sense I don't know something that I've been going through like existentially but I really picked up on it and I think linking it to religion and being spiritual is really helpful as well just like even things like cooking making it a spiritual connected connected thing like really helps I don't know if that makes sense if I'm just rambling but that's my thought for the week no I think that made a lot of sense I think that's something a lot of us can relate to um like when you're thinking, okay, what's the next step? How can I make things better? But you're not actually appreciating that things are pretty good right now. And maybe in the past, this is something that you would have wanted. Or even if it wasn't in your plan, you don't realise that this is actually a good thing. Um, so yeah, that was a nice uh, little reminder from Khadija. Um so that leaves it to me with my thought for the week. Uh, mine's pretty simple. I think it, uh, I've just been thinking a lot about how it's really important to have faith in Allah. I think it's pretty similar to what Khadija is saying as well. Like just wherever life takes you, that is the best place for you to be because Allah has written that for you. Of course, we have free will and we do have control over our lives. Like where we can where we do have control we should put in our best efforts and you know tie your camel um but even even when you do put in your best efforts and you do all the right things sometimes things don't go to plan and don't let don't let that dishearten you because when one thing doesn't work out or when things go unexpectedly um 
it's not necessarily a bad thing. It could be that you're being redirected. Allah is redirecting you to a better situation. And it just so happens that on the way to that situation, it doesn't feel so great. Um, but I think it's, it's just a case of trusting the process and knowing that eventually you will be where you need to be. And I think also with that comes not comparing yourself to others. Um, a lot of the times we look at someone else who might be in a, in a position that, that we want to be in and we're thinking, well, then how did they get there so fast? But we don't really know what it took for them to get there. Or maybe that was easy for them, but they might be going through a completely different struggle to you. And it might be that that certain thing that they're struggling with has been easy for you. Um, that's a bit, I don't know if that even makes sense what I said, but I think it's very important to focus on ourselves and realise that we're all on our own journeys and wherever we're destined to be, um, try to be grateful for the position you're in. And I think also what Maisha said as well, like even though you, you might be struggling to get where you want to be, there's still some like pockets of sunshine on the way, even though they might not even be related to what you're trying to do. Those deserve to be acknowledged as well. Like you deserve, even if you're struggling or you're not doing so well, you deserve to have that that happiness. And, you know, if it's like, even if it's just the sky was blue today, that is good enough and that should make you happy. And, um, you know, things like that. So I think everything everyone said I hope we can all try to practice that inshallah um so that brings our thought for the week segment to a close uh next we have hot topics um which is usually just current affairs sometimes things that are more relevant to us um basically we just like to talk about things that we find important um so I'm gonna hand that over to Sonia Thank you, Amina. Um, sorry, just a disclaimer. We are obviously recording from home and there is some building work going on in my neighbourhood. So you might hear that in the background. Sorry. Um, but let me know, guys, if it's too loud. Okay. So, yes, so our hot topics for this week is regarding university students. And it is regarding the pandemic, of course, but the uni students have had to do this entire year from home. And some of them that most of them actually their campuses have been closed so they haven't even stepped foot into the university building anything like that the whole thing is via online classes and you know online resources no libraries open nothing like that and so obviously they started the academic year in September slash October April now it's nearly ended they get the exams usually May June and they're a bit unhappy a lot of uni students are not happy. Um, so they feel like they didn't have the same experience as they should. At the end of the day, our university students in this country do have to pay for university. So they have now paid £9,000 or more for this year. Uh, more if you're an international student or, you know, just depending if it's like a master's degree. Um, but yeah, so the National Un Union of Students have asked, well, a few students have said, we would like to repeat the year or have the year refunded. So they don't want to pay for it themselves, obviously, and do another year. But they want to have the opportunity to do the year over since they didn't get the experience and resources that they would have if it was not, you know, locked down and doing everything from home. So we just wanted to speak a little bit about this. Um, I think we have all had experience of actually being students. And so I want to go to Khadija first. How do you, what do you feel about this? Do you think that they're asking, like they're in their right to ask that? Like it's completely understandable to ask of that? I mean, I definitely think it's understandable. I feel like uni students, this year haven't really had much support from like government in terms of knowing what's actually going on in terms of additional provisions in the same way that other elements of the education system have had um and I think that's quite sad because obviously university is such an important time and the fact that it's something that is being paid for it's a paid service almost um definitely feel like the one year extra demand isn't like 
too big of an ask. I feel like it's actually quite reasonable. Um, there's been a lot this year. So most of the teaching has been online. Um, I can actually give you a quote from uh, someone from the National Union of Students who said that any student who needs to repeat this year should be able to do so while fully funded and at no additional impact to their loan entitlement. So this is something which obviously has gone to the big like institution now, like it's not an institution, like a student body, quite like the largest student body in the UK. Um, so that shows that it has gained traction and it is a big worry on many students' minds. Like I know myself, I have a cousin who's like a medic student and it's this medical, she's doing medicine. And it's insane because she was telling me they're doing like practicals online. They're having to watch people do practicals and she like barely goes in. And I think like it's just not what they're getting paid for. They're not getting the full learning experience, like social experience as well. But learning experience, because that's what you're actually paying to get a degree in the subject. So <laughs> it's definitely something that I feel needs to be considered. And I also think now that it's coming to exam season, a lot of students haven't had access to the library. They haven't had access to academic resources in the same way. And there has been a lot about the rise of student mental health, like poor mental health. Um, for example, I think there's been a couple of statistics about how in lockdown, university students have actually been referred more to mental health services for like things like feeling anxious or even having suicidal thoughts. So it's definitely something which is an issue which needs to be talked about a lot more and taken higher up as well. Yeah, that's really great thoughts that you, you know, mentioned there, Khadija. I completely agree with that. And I think the mental health thing is something that needs to be huge. Like they might need, there needs to be studies on this. There needs to be some kind of maybe government initiative. That's what I believe because, you know, students in general tend to feel, I speak for myself and experiences, you know, they tend to feel quite lonely because they're isolated, especially if you've moved out from home, you've gone to another town or city and, you know, you've got to focus on your studying. That's what you do. That's the whole point. You're a full time student. But then sometimes, yeah, you do get that social aspect. Luckily, this pandemic, you don't have any of that. So if you stayed from home or if, even if you moved out, you didn't have a university building or campus to go to, you know, so that's really going to affect your mental health if all you're doing is essays and revising for exams and you only see your teacher via a zoom call that could be quite hard um you also mentioned yeah your cousin who's like a medical student and you know they're doing it from home I find that crazy because it's such a practical thing you know like if you think about it like a doctor imagine knowing that your doctor just did the whole class from zoom which obviously it's not fair on them. they don't have a choice but it's a bit crazy to think when you put it like that you know even if you think of terms of like trading like engineers and mechanics and architecture and stuff like that you don't expect them to learn just via zoom like you would expect them to go out there and do it hands-on it is practical um so that is obviously a very difficult aspect um another thing you pointed out Kavita, you made some great points um the library aspect so I know my sister, she was a master's student, so slightly different, but she was she really, really wanted a library to be open, any library. And I think all the libraries were shut. I don't think they've even reopened. Maybe some, very few of them somewhere, membership kind of libraries. But, you know, it's a quiet space for someone to study. That is so, so essential. I just want to speak a bit about that, Maisha. How do you feel about the fact that universities, not only were their campuses shut, but also their libraries were shut? So as far as I know, um, university libraries have been open, but only to uh, students of that university. But even then, you'd need to book. And when you book, you only get like a few um, hours kind of thing. Um, and I guess that's to allow fairness and uh, what not on the other for anyone and everyone that does want to go into the library. But I know that can be that is obviously going to like be a problem for people, for example, who commute. You know, if you don't live in that town or it takes you an hour in itself to get to uh, the town in which the library is in how is that going to work you know I think you know libraries offer such a safe space for so many people in that like you said it's a quiet space you know not everyone has the privilege of having a study room or a workspace at home not everyone has the privilege of having a quiet home space to study or do your work in and I can imagine Sonia like with your sister masters you know the pressure is on you know having books at your disposal 
is a massive thing to complete any university assignment, let alone a master dissertation, I can imagine. So it's a horrible position that all university students are being put in. And the government, I feel like, have neglected university student students from the very beginning of this pandemic, you know, rooting back to the very last year, because, you know, like you do, you do hear they, they were forced to kind of address what's happening with primary schools, secondary schools, etc. Um, but you didn't really hear much of that happening with the university students. And fair, fair enough, OK, they're privately funded, but still underneath the government. You know, I really, really feel that they've been neglected in almost every single way. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, Masha. And you're right, often you do hear, okay, this is what's going to happen with the primary schools. This is what will happen with the high schools. And even regarding the exams, they might say GCSEs and A-levels, this is what will happen. But you don't really hear about unis. It's often left up, like, that's the uni's decision. And it's like, hold on, we're, we're left. Our uni's not even communicating with us. We don't know. Um, But yeah, so I mean, I just want to go to you on this. Do you personally feel that uni students have been neglected and it's been unclear for them and they deserve to have a year refunded to them? Definitely. I think I completely agree with everything that Khadija and Maisha have said. And um, yeah, like just looking back on this whole pandemic, I feel like in the news, uh, there was a lot about students and, you know, there was that whole thing with their accommodation where um, a lot of students were being literally locked in their accommodation. Um, I think the whole online... Um, remote learning for uni students I really don't understand how it's happening um like I can't I, I can't wrap my head around how they're learning to their full potential and while paying the full fees um you know if maybe the the fees were less because they're not actually going into campus going into labs actually being face to face with their lecturers then it would be like okay maybe like if if the funding was less then it'd be like okay this is this is all right because they're still doing something but they're paying the full amount and I, look, me just looking as an outsider it doesn't even looking like it doesn't even look like they're getting half of what they would if it was running as usual um so yeah I think it's in their full right to have um a, another year refunded and for them to be able to do it again because I was just thinking about I saw in the news a while back about how a lot of even primary school children um, could be set back 10 years just because of this pandemic so imagine that's primary school and I know Maisha mentioned like um, primary school and high school that's been sorted out by the government um, but even though that has been you know given some attention it doesn't seem like it's been given enough because even those children are behind so imagine this university students have been given absolutely no guidance the universities have just organized this themselves um and it doesn't look like it's been done very well so imagine how far behind they are because they're having to do it looks like a lot of the learning on their own and um Khadija gave an example about her cousin who's doing in her second year um, at medical school my uh, sister-in-law is doing biomed she's in her final year and um, she was telling me that you know she's in her final year she needs to do a lot of different experiments especially for her dissertation um, and they can't go into labs so they were just doing some little pipette kind of game on her laptop like that was part of the study um, which I just found really funny, like we couldn't help but laugh. But at the same time, it's funny, but it's completely ridiculous that this is this is what they have to do. Um, it does not seem like proper learning, like I don't know what they're getting out of it. And it's at no fault of the students. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, they, sh they should be given that um they should be given that extra year. Yeah, it is such a shame. And as you mentioned, no fault of the students. I feel really sad for them. And yeah, I think what Maisha did mention is that they 
the students deserve a year to catch up that that's it they do deserve that year they are paying for that year university is a very like big experience there's so many different aspects to it so I think we have all agreed I think maybe because we were former students ourselves that if uni students want a year and it should be funded by the government then they deserve that um, but I think there's just so much more to talk about with the uni students um, but yeah that is our hot topics wrapped up for this week thank you guys all for that I'm just going to hand it back to Armina now and you can introduce the second half of our show thank you thank you Sonia um, so yeah that brings us to the end of the first half of our show we will be going into a break a short break in a little while um, but our main topic will be for those who can't fast, how can they make the most of this month? Um, this is a really important topic to me and I'm excited to get into it. Um, this isn't live once again, but if you want to contribute, definitely follow us on Instagram at Sisters Speak. Maybe let us know how you make the most of the month when you're unable to fast or if you're unable to fast, uh, because I think this is advice that a lot of people might need. Uh, thank you so much for listening and join us after the break. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamu alaikum everyone, welcome back to the show. We just had uh, finished the first half of the show before the break, um, so we are coming into the second half of our show. Just a reminder, this is a pre-recorded show, so if you're texting in and uh, telling us your thoughts, unfortunately we cannot see it. Um, but if you do uh, want to, you still want to tell us your opinions on what we're talking about, um, Follow us on Instagram at Sisters Speak, uh, and we'll definitely see it. Um, so yeah, our main topic for today, like I said before, well, if you weren't here in the first half, our main topic today is for those who can't fast, how can they make the most of Ramadan? Um, I chose this topic because personally, like, for me, alhamdulillah, I don't have any illnesses that stop me from fasting. But of course, as a woman, um, you know, when you get your period, you're exempt from fasting. And I know a lot of my friends, a lot of women that I know, usually dread that time of the month during Ramadan, um, especially in the last 10 days. And I completely understand why. But also, this is just why should we feel that dread why should we feel left out because this is literally our right given to us by Allah that we are exempt from fasting um, and that doesn't mean we we miss out on all the reward and all the worship we can still do so I kind of want to use this platform to change the narrative and hopefully give hope to to women and men also who are unable to fast because of medical reasons um whoever it may be i think we need to change that shame into strength and um yeah i just want to discuss with you guys how we can do that and how we can make the most of it and share some tips if we have any um so my first question for you guys is do you usually dread getting your period in ramadan and why is that, um, Maisha? Um, I think it depends when. Like, when for for example, if it's coming towards like the last ten days, it is like I was like, it is that feeling of like, like no, please, like, please delay it as long as you can, kind of thing. Um, only then, I think when I was younger, I used to. I didn't really think much about it. I guess I almost thought of it, oh, it's a break from fasting. I guess that's the naivety of being young and not realising the significance of fasting in the month of Ramadan and the blessings that come with it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but I think now realising, like, everything that you said, um, introducing the topic, and I guess just learning more about being a woman and the rights that Allah has given to us, um, I don't dread it so much, knowing that it is a blessing and a, worship, a form of worship in itself. Um, but definitely towards the end, of Ramadan I do have that that dread inside of me like oh nah please <laughs> I don't want it now yeah I completely get that uh what about you Sonia I'm 
quite similar to Maisha. I think uh, when it comes to the last, towards the end of Ramadan, you really want to be able to keep your fast. And, it, you know, there's kind of like a special feeling at the end of Ramadan as well, because you feel like everyone's really trying their hardest. Um, so you want to be involved in that. But um, for me, the other thing is also when you get it bang in the middle, which is any of like the second week, third week as well, because it's quite difficult to go back into the routine of fasting. So even if you don't really eat much because you want to kind of keep a, like a routine, like you won't eat your three meals a day. It's so, you know, when you've got that momentum, as Masha said, sorry, Masha, I'm just going to take your word. She's just messaged me this. But when you've got the momentum going and you're just in the zone, you've, you're used to fasting, your body's used to it and everything, and then bang, you're not fasting because you can't. And then it's like, oh, I'm like, you know, I just got into it. Um, so that I think that's the annoying part when you've really gotten into it and then you have to pause. Yeah, definitely when you lose the momentum because then you're like just thrown back into it. And I think especially this year, um, well, the last few years, I think it's been like this. The fasts are getting longer by a minute or two every day. So when you've missed a week, it's like, oh, suddenly it's like 10 minutes ahead. Um so yeah, I totally get that one. Um, Khadija, is it the same for you? Do you feel the same as everyone else or is it different? I think I feel pretty much quite the same as like everyone who's given their own like experiences and stuff. I think with me as well, it's, I feel like before like getting on my period during Ramadan, I almost felt like, oh, okay, like you, you almost become excluded and it's not even it's not even like you exclude yourself. It's almost like when within whatever circles you're in, you just become excluded. Like for example, things like you can't touch the Quran, you can't pray. You almost I don't know. It's like a weird barrier set up between you and people who fast. And I think it's only like growing up and like I feel like even this Ramadan, I've been trying to change it a bit. Like I've actually been doing more research research into what I actually can do. And I've actually realised, like, just because I'm on my period doesn't mean that I just completely stop worship. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's so many ways of worshipping. And actually, one really one hadith that I actually found recently, which really stood out for me, is that I'm just going to say the hadith. So the Prophet said that nothing afflicts a Muslim of hardship, nor illness, nor anxiety, nor sorrow, nor harm, nor distress, nor even the pricking of a thorn, but that Allah will expiate his sins by it. And I, when I come on, I am in pain, like for the first couple of days, I'm in like the worst pain ever. And I just saw that and I was like, the pain I'm going through is actually a form of worship as well. The fact that I'm getting my sins removed by it. So it shouldn't be not a sh like, yeah, it shouldn't be a shameful thing. It shouldn't be something that I'm trying to like hide or feel like less of a Muslim by, if that makes sense. I don't know. No, oh, I love that. I love that you shared that hadith as well because, yeah, I think people do feel shame for for just being ill in general. I think because they're not able to do as much, they can't they can't do like things that they used to, like just general tasks or fast. In this case, um, yeah, there is no shame in that, and especially if Allah is he has written that for us and he is um expiating our sins just for the pain so I feel like that is a beautiful way to flip to flip the narrative and say you know this is actually not a bad thing and this is something that is good for me um so my next question for you guys is how does your routine change I think we have touched upon it a little when we've talked like when we've just introduced this topic but how does your routine change when you do um get your period during Ramadan does it change drastically um what kind of things do you do differently uh Sonia um I think it wouldn't change drastically definitely not and I think I mentioned that as well because I do try because it, it can be seven even more than that days and it's like, I don't want to take that big break from fasting and then suddenly have to go back into it and be like, it's like a shock and your body has to adjust again. So I do my best to kind of, well, not I wouldn't have sehri, but I still wouldn't eat as much throughout the day. 
and then I do still have like an iftar meal with my family or whoever I'm with at the time so I try to keep their routine same similar in that sense um obviously they won't be praying like your five daily prayers but it's something see as Khadija mentioned as well it's like you should still try and do other forms of worship um but yeah I think that's still something I'm trying to learn how to implement during when I'm not fasting or during my period so I think you guys can give me some tips and advice like other ways that we can you know maintain that kind of worship during that week or a couple of days um but aside from that the routine is quite similar nothing really changes drastically okay um what about you Maisha does it um would you say your routine is pretty similar to Sonia's do you do something different to keep the momentum going or do you feel like it is all come to a halt? I think I let myself be more active, knowing that I can be more active um, during that time. So I think I'm, I do more laborious, um, like more of the running around um, during that week. Sorry, guys, my okay. mum just walked in. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> otherwise, I do think that it is kind of similar to Sonia's. Um, but I'll hand it back to you, Amna. Yeah, I would say for me, I just wanted to say a comment on what you said, because I like usually if it's not Ramadan, that is the time where I'm completely like I'm completely out, um, especially the first few days. So it's kind of a uh, a complicated one when it comes to Ramadan, because you're like, OK, I'm not fasting, so I can help out a lot. Uh, so I try to do that as well. But then it's also the case of, wait, I'm not fasting, but I'm also in pain. So what do I do now? I'm also going to be weak like everyone else. Um, so that's an interesting one. Uh, what about you, Khadija? Does it change for you? Do you do things differently? I know you kind of touched upon it a bit in your last, in the last point. Um, but yeah, what do you, what is your routine like? All right. As I did mention, I am, I do get quite a lot of pain. So like, I literally am kind of bed bound for the first two days of not even being dramatic. So <laughs> For me, it's almost like it does come to a standstill a bit, but I do try to like doze up on painkillers, um, walking around with my hot water bottle everywhere. I'm sure you guys know the drill. Um, but apart from that, like I do try to even do like passive acts of worship, like even like listening to the Quran, maybe just like it really like soothing things, like obviously you can make dua. Um, but other than that, my routine changes quite a lot. Like I, I, I do take full advantage of the fact that I'm not fasting because my body literally needs it. So like I'm there, I'm there with like my overeating, <laughs> my like waking up late, everything. Obviously, if I don't have work, um, if I do have work, that's another story. But yeah, it changes quite a bit. But then usually I can transition back into like fasting quite easily. I think like going without food. It's more like going without water for me. That's more of an issue. But yeah, I'm actually all right with doing it. Maybe because I've done it so many times in the past that it's just what I'm used to. But yeah. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I think a lot of women can relate to all of your routines. I feel like mine is like all of yours combined because I try to do as much as I can. And also like Sonia, I try to make sure I'll be ready when when I'm fasting again but at the same time like I do remind myself don't put too much pressure on yourself because this is a mercy from Allah we we know that our bodies are going through a lot when we're on our periods and that is why Allah has told us not to fast because our bodies can't handle not having food. Like he just said, she's going to, she's going to eat as much as she can because her body needs it. Um, so yeah, I just try to get in as much nutrients as possible, but while also, um, yeah, keeping that momentum going. I think it's a case of listening to your body. Um, if that makes sense to anyone, but it kind of makes sense to me. You have to learn how to listen to your body. Um, we've talked a lot about, you know, obviously this is something that we experience. Um, but what would you, for people who can't fast because of medical reasons, obviously on your, on your, when you're on your period, you're unable to pray. So that kind of takes away from it too. But we still have, alhamdulillah, that blessing that we can fast again. 
once the, our period is over. But what kind of advice would you give to someone who can't fast the entire month um, because maybe they have to take medication, uh, any other medical reason, whatever it may be? Um, yeah, what kind of advice would you give to them, if you have any? Um, Maisha. I actually spoke to my grandparents about this the other day um, because well, they're, they're now elderly. I asked them and they were really upset about it. Like uh, they were saying, oh, the food tastes so much nicer when you finally break your fast, dates taste so much better, um, all of that stuff. And like um, the prayers almost feel more uplifting. And I asked them like, how long they, they hadn't been, uh, they stopped, had it been since they stopped fasting? They were saying, you know, like two, three years, etc. And I was just like, I think it was important to focus on the time that they did have to fast but then also focusing on the present and making the time and the opportunity they do have, you know, even especially right now, actually being alive to make it to this Ramadan is such a massive blessing that, you know, some of us might not even realize the weight of having made it to this Ramadan. You, you know, there was a viral Instagram post that went around about, you know, how around tables this month, there would be empty seats, you know, phone, some phone calls won't be made this year. Um, some households won't get food sent to them because, you know, that person or that, that family, that you usually do it with are no longer here with us you know so first of all realizing the blessing to even be alive during the month of Ramadan um, make the most out of that and obviously we've we've mentioned a few different ways of um, and hopefully we can go into it a little bit more um, after this but making the most out of the other ways of worship that you can because at the end of the day during this blessed month our rewards are multiplied you know, through every, through every good deed that we do, it's multiplied by 70. And then obviously come the last 10 days, even more so, you know. And then it's just that thing that like Khadija mentioned earlier, that beautiful hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu you know, through every struggle that we, we endure, you know, uh, that struggle will be expiated in reward. You know, so I think remembering how merciful Allah is, you know, and how much he does love us and how, you know, how close he is to us during this blessed month and taking it all as a mercy you know we're not being punished by not being able to fast and for every hurdle we as humans face there's always something Allah has given to us to make up for it um so keeping all of that in mind I love that I don't I don't know if I can um any comment I give on that will do it justice so I'm just going to ask uh go straight to Sonia um if like what kind of advice would you give uh, also, do you have any comments about what Maisha said? Um, and if I you have any other family members, like what do you see them doing anything differently as well? Yeah, sorry, I think Maisha just got it so perfect. Like, again, I don't really want to comment on it because it's perfect what she said. Like, you should feel that you still have that opportunity to worship and you get to be close to Allah during this month. Like there's so many other avenues that you can take from, not just fasting, obviously fasting, we wish that we could, but if you can't, there's other options. And um, yeah, I have a few family members that are on medication, so they're not able to fast. And um, the examples I see is just like uh, trying to read things that would benefit you. I do see that a lot. So, there is things, obviously not the Quran, well, the Quran you can actually, if you're not in your period, but you're just um, not able to fast for other reasons, such as taking medication, you can read the Quran. So definitely try to do that as well. And just other educational kind of books that are like regarding our religion or regarding uh, maybe even the prophet or things that you don't know. It's a good time to get more knowledgeable on our own faith and beliefs. It could help you in the future. And it just makes you feel a little bit closer you know, to our religion, like you feel in the spiritual vibe throughout this month. So yeah, that's what I see happening with those who don't fast in my family. Yeah, I think that is definitely a good point, like um, getting more into like educating yourself Islamically, reading more Quran. Um, yeah, I see family members doing that too who are unable to fast, like um, just opening more books, spending more time on that. Um, there's so much reward in that as well. Um, uh, Khadija, what about you? Like, what kind of things, uh, what kind of advice would you give to someone who can't fast the entire month? So I actually had this conversation with my grandma and I, I literally just asked her out. I think, I just didn't even know that she wasn't fasting this one time. I was like, oh, so are you fasting? And then she just, she actually got really emotional. And I was like, oh my God. 
like I did not mean for her to get emotional and she just basically was really um feeling emotional and sad about the fact that she couldn't fast because she's on medication and she also had like a couple of medical issues so she was just talking to me about it and she almost was saying that like not being able to fast in Ramadan takes away such a huge part of it but then I was saying I was like I accept that but then like this is Allah's making this easy for you like no you you shouldn't force yourself to fast because she was she was like oh I might just sneak in a couple of days I was like no don't do that <laughs> please don't do that um so, so I was just saying like there's so much more you can do and please don't feel please don't knock yourself up about it basically like don't feel ashamed don't feel like you're less of a Muslim don't feel almost like you're judging yourself don't do that because your reasons are legitimate um like and Allah's got put so much mercy on you so extend that mercy to yourself I feel like there's a lot people almost end up get getting caught in like the self-hating, self-judging cycle. And we haven't made it easy as a community. We haven't made it easy because we almost exclude a lot of people. And we also extend our judgment a lot of the time as well. Like, oh, why aren't you fasting? This is a, like, people have legitimate reasons to not fast and you're not, you should, like, you shouldn't, sometimes people don't want to tell you why they're not fasting. It might be something really personal to them. So there definitely needs to be that whole spirit of mercy and forgiveness in Ramadan that encompasses so much of Ramadan. That needs to be extended to us as human beings. We need to, as a community, extend those feelings within ourselves because Ramadan is an amazing, beautiful, blessed month. But we almost need to take in that spirit ourselves as well and learn to treat people with mercy and kindness. And yeah, that's what I'm going to say on that. That was beautifully said. Um, I really like what you said there, Khadija, because uh, I just wanted to say that Islam is such a merciful religion. Like whatever issue you're going through, whatever hardship it is, Allah has given a solution for every kind of person. Um, like if you're unwell, Allah is, merciful, is so merciful that he has made fasting it's it's not farad for you it's not it's not an obligation for someone who's too old to fast or someone who's too ill to fast like there's always a way out and also just wanted to mention that if you're unable to fast i'm sure you know this already because this is something that you do but um you have to give money to charity it's called fidya so in your kind of re you're replacing that fast with feeding someone else um like there's always there's always an answer for your whatever struggle it is um if you can't do one thing you can replace it with another and that is a mercy from Allah um I just wanted to share some uh, some more tips that I found online um I think all of you have mentioned some really good tips for those who can't fast and also menstruating women and I think uh, some of the things that I'm going to mention are for both um one thing I liked was if you're unable to pray, obviously, when you're in your period, um, some scholars say that you can, when it comes to the time to pray, still take that time out and, you know, do some zikr, make du'a during that time. I feel like that is good advice and it's something that I might start doing as well because, um, you know, you're, because you, you kind of, when you're praying, you are, your whole day kind of revolves around that, that your schedule is based on the five prayers. So you're still penciling those in. So I like that one. Um, Maisha, did you have something to say about that? Yeah, there was, um, my friend actually said this to me while I was at university and it just really stuck with me. Um, but it's uh, talking about the liquid, but also prayer times, you know, like you said, our day is usually shifted and planned. Like we should aim to plan our days around our salah. Um, so during the, uh, when you're menstruating, for example, um, during the time that you would pray, you know what, get your prayer mat out like you would pray as normal, but do your dhikr on there. You know, obviously, depending on the school um, of knowledge that you follow, etc., um, there might be mixed opinion on that. But um, I found that I was really like strong in like maintaining routine um, when I am able to follow that. Yeah, definitely. So that is 
I like that one. Um, and also, I think Sonia mentioned this too, just helping more around the house, like feed. There's so much reward in just giving water to a fasting person. So I think when it comes to iftar time, um, there's still reward in breaking your fast with your family. But definitely set the table. Try to like shoo your mum away from the cooker. Um, do what you can there. Um, and yeah, just generally reading, reading a lot more, educating yourself like, I think last year I was um, trying to listen to uh, this the seerah of the Prophet um, So that really helped just educating yourself more on Islam. Um, I just wanted to end on one final note for all of what would you say to someone who um, who says that it's shameful to not fast? What kind? What would you say to them? And what? Yeah, what would you say to them, um, Sonia? I would say that, you know, Allah has made it so that people who are on medical or just cannot fast for their own mental health reasons or the period that, you know, the mercy has been granted for us and they have been made exempt. Like, this is something, a right that has been given to us. Um, but also, you know, we are still involved like we're not outside of the whole month of Ramadan you don't just like completely you're not banished from it in that moment or anything like that I am still so involved and I would like to be involved um so yeah I would say like you should do better and not say that to someone and try to involve them instead sure and I'm just gonna ask Khadija if what she would say as well yeah I, I just echo Sonia like that spirit of mercy and forgiveness and acceptance, you should extend that within your community to all the people around you because that's the spirit of Islam. And if you're not following that, then you need to really reevaluate yourself, mate. <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely good to focus on mercy. Like we should extend that mercy to others and in the way that we think. Um, that brings us to the end of our show. I, I really enjoyed this topic. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, join us again next week. Uh, we do have pre-recorded shows in Ramadan. Thank you for joining us. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at Inspire FM Luton.